Good Monday morning, you bastards. This is Matt Hodell with the Bastards of Art Podcast, checking in. It's actually Tuesday the 14th. I'm a day late and a dollar short, and I have a halfway decent reason this time. Uh, Yesterday, I was involved in a project filming a TV commercial, and I was the star. (laughs) So it was a long day of, uh, can you say it one more time? Can you say it in the camera like this? Can you say it to the left? Can you say it to the right? Can you shake it up and down? Can you do whatever? But it was fun. It was actually a lot of fun. I, I, this isn't my first time being on a production set and uh, working with other people. And what I really, what I really think is neat is, and these guys have a job, and obviously there's a lot, a whole lot of uh, moving parts, and there's a, a overall head figure that's like trying, that has a dream and a vision on how to make this work. And then under him, he's got a guy that's helping him with his timeline. He's got a guy that's helping him uh, with the. Uh, cinematography of it he's got a guy doing still photos he's got a guy doing sound and then maybe a couple of runners here and there and uh, there i think there was like on on this situation there's maybe six or seven people on the set i think the um the people that uh, had orchestrated or, or or you know wanted the that were paying for the tv commercial they were present as well too um which i i could i just kept thinking like how how much that might have sucked for the director like having the client, you, you already you already delegated the responsibility to this guy to film the commercial, and then you're gonna follow him around and make sure that your vision comes to life. You know, I don't know, whatever. But but um, no, it was actually really cool. Uh, you know, I, I I think that's what I enjoy about like like that level of professionalism when you have so many moving parts that you basically have to break it down to the minute. We would be filming a scene, and there would be a guy going, "Hey, Ken, we got five more minutes, and we have to move on." You know, in my head, I'm like, geez, man, what do you, you know what? Let's just take, let's just do it again really quick. And even at one point in time, the, the camera guy, the, the cinematographer said, Hey, do you want it, do you want it done right? Or do you want it done right now? And, uh, it was a kind of a difficult shot that had to do with a lot of glare. And we were building, um, a backdrop that would minimize that glare. And it was a little frustrating and there was cars going by on that shot. And, but, you know, just keeping it moving, keeping it flowing. I thought that, you know, um, on every level, it's kind of funny because you know I've done photo shoots myself, and you can you you have two photo shoots in the, in, the, in the, when I first started. The first photo shoot was like, oh yeah, come by, let's take some pictures and let's see what we get out of it. Um, and you know maybe you get a good picture, maybe you don't. And the fun, the, but the thing of it is, is while the person's in the studio with you, while your model is in the studio with you, um you know, they start getting tired. And while you're, oh, okay, can you lift your knee above your head? Can you can you spin around in a circle? Can you hold that pose? You know, pointy toes, pointy toes. While, while you're doing all this, um, you're like, oh, I see it now. Now I see something we can get out of it. And that was definitely the way I used to do uh, photography was, you know, based more on um, uh, like, just see, let's just see what shot we can get. Uh, now I actually, taking some cues from from, from some friends, I actually uh, do something different where, you know, the night before a photo shoot, I will go to that person's uh, Facebook page and there you have a whole bunch of photos that, um, hold on, excuse me. You have a whole bunch of photos that um, they already deem look good. Like you, you can kind of see what that model's face looks like uh, in, in through their selfies, through other pictures other people take. You can find the, the pictures that don't look too flattering. Like you can look at a model 
And you can see like someone snapped a picture and tagged them in it. And maybe they've got a really round head. And from a straight on angle, it looks like they just have this big fat double chin. And so that's not, you know, a appealing angle. So you can start like just by going through their Facebook page, you can start to see like, oh, this works. This doesn't work. And then I would I would actually save all those and have them on my on my phone. So the next day I could flip through and be like, oh, these are the shots that really look good on this particular model. And what what I do is I've got to do full body shots normally because I'm I'm documenting my tattoo work. Um, I've already kind of sketched out and drawn um, the poses that I kind of want um, before they even come in. So I'm not doing the math and the guesswork. Um, you know, I I, I kind of have already a vision. I'm already, I, so so I, I, you kind of break down you, you don't you don't have so much frustrating downtime i guess is what i'm trying to spit out in my words um but I, again i think that's what was what was interesting about watching these guys work with such you know uh intensity because i mean it was a it was a good production i'm sure everyone was getting paid quite a bit and i'm sure every dollar i was being spent um that's what the the two observers were making sure i guess that, that they weren't dilly dallying and and whatever and so um anyway that that is that whole thing about like in photography which i didn't get at first a friend of mine in in new york um his name's sean he uh he got on the cover of i think it was vanity fair and then he had about four or five more pictures in vanity fair and they were all for a super famous guy i think it was a guy who like invented napster and he had a this re- ridiculous wedding in, in big sur and he had these huge redwood trees and it's just gorgeous out there and you know, um, you know, a lot of money was spent for this project to get married out there. Well, Sean, um, when that magazine came out, I actually got to go to the stand before him, and I brought some copies back to the uh, the the uh, flat we were staying at in New York. And I said, uh, "Oh, check these out, man! These are this is this is fucking awesome, man! You're on Vanity Fair." And then what was really neat was he showed me a sketchbook of of the shots. He had actually, the shots that had made it into Vanity Fair, he had actually drawn them ahead of time because he scouted the location. He checked the lighting the day before. And he even used some like crazy remote camera setups and stuff like that, like climbed up trees like a bear and hung up cameras for, for some of the shots. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing that he was so dedicated to his craft that he uh, actually shows up a day or two ahead of time, checks out the lighting, checks out the time of day, um, kind of gets some 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 sketches of, of the shots he wants, and then he just goes and nails those those shots. and And not, that's not saying like, oh, you, you you know, you've got everything planned. What about spontaneity? No, spontaneity is going to happen. I mean, that's just you're going to get those lucky shots. I mean, it's funny because I just went out and did some shooting in uh, uh, the Ozarks with my buddy Jake, and you know, there's, there's your typical like frame shots where you try to get a branch in there. There's some long distance shots. There's close up shots. There's, there's the water reflective shots. I mean, there's some like generic shots that you just kind of have to get, you know, you know that every other photographer has gotten them already, but it's kind of like, you know, chasing Pokemon people. You, you got to go and I've never actually chased a Pokemon, but you go to these spots and you're like, Oh, it's the, um, uh, you know, there's a famous mill that we went to. It's like, oh, everyone's got gets the shot of the mill with the blue water and the running brook, but you haven't got your shot yet. So, you know, there's a couple of tricks to getting the shot, and the people that nail it, you know, they 
they do some really cool stuff and then you show up and if you if you're not really thinking you're just like i'm just gonna nail the shot real quick it like this looks like some crappy insta camera shot like you could have done with your phone but anyway my point is is that even like when i go out i've got some shots in, in my head but there's still like those accidental shots that are like you just kind of come across the glade which is a nice opening down here in the ozarks and you're just like damn and you just start taking a couple of pictures and you don't think much of it because you're you are trying to get to a waterfall you get home throw everything on the computer look at it through light box or light room and you're like wow i i got some accidentals in here that are just really really cool but i think that is what separates the pro from the amateur is being able to do some homework have a vision of what you're wanting but accept that there's going to be some adjustments along the way um but definitely have your plan like so i don't know i don't know if you're like i've been talking about photography and cinematography with the commercial shooting and these are these are situations where you don't just get to like you're capturing moments i'm sure like my buddy carl talks about capturing sound you know he talks about like recording um an artist and if they play the song 32 times that's 32 different versions of that song and he's trying to capture the best one of those and it's only going to happen that one time you know uh, with a perfect slide and a perfect uh little pluck on a guitar and perfect little vocal squeal or something like that that he can capture and he he's got to be prepared for all that he's got to have his mics and understand wavelengths and know where to put everything and and uh you know so when you're especially when you're dealing with photography if you're not to photography and sound, if you're not mentally prepared to anticipate the unexpected, you're going to miss it. You know, uh, just walking in and being like, I don't know, let's just see what happens today, boys. I mean, that's you hear, you know, romantic stories about these recording artists or these photographers or, or whoever that just like always fly by the seat of their pants. But I'm just here to tell you that's bullshit because they're also backed up by sometimes 20 years of experience, sometimes 30 years of experience. And so even though they say they're winging it, there's there's rhythms that they know that they can get in line with. And if they get in line with those rhythms, the magic's going to happen. So they might not have to do the, all the homework that like, someone like me would have to do, um, but they they've already done their homework, you know? And so I guess that's what the podcast is kind of about today is like, if you want to choreograph something, if you're going to if you're going to do anything with a lot of moving parts, if you're going to like try to orga, or, organize something, take a minute, visualize it, walk through it, figure out how you kind of would love to see the end result and then work back from that. My buddy Bale, we did an uh, interview with him in in uh, I don't know where we were, Texas. And he throws a convention in Albuquerque every year. And he does that. He throws this big he orchestrates this big convention with, with hundreds of people involved. And what he does is he just starts at the beginning and he walks through the front door and pictures where everything's going to be and pictures how he's going to see it and pictures where, where tables and booths are going to be, where the band's going to be, where artists are going to be, how the reward ceremony is going to go, how the, you know. And so walk through these things. Like I've choreographed a cup, choreographed. What do they call that? They don't call it choreograph. I've, uh, I've done a uh, couple of art shows um, uh, and God damn it, the word's slipping me. Um. I've orchestrated a couple art shows. Um, anyway, uh, it's a lot of work and it's, it's like hurting a lot of cats and, um, you've got, yeah, in my particular situation, I had, you know, multiple artists involved to, to throw these shows and 
you do have to be prepared. You have to wonder how everything's going to set up and where everything's going to go. And you got to think everything through. And so this happens on every level. So if you're trying to take yourself from that kind of like amateur, oh, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be doing art. Cool. Just be happy to do art. There's a place for you and it's borderline therapeutic. So, you know, you're, you're not shooting up, you know, uh, you know, a bus full of, of, uh, goats or anything like that. And you're not doing anything too crazy and you you know, the therapy's helping you. Cool. But if you're trying to make a living by being you and following a passion, the passion and the talent alone will not carry you. You have to back it with some hard work, some planning, some preparation, and you have to be prepared for the unexpected so you can make those moments of opportunity that help accelerate. The benchmarks in your life normally aren't as cut and dry as a degree from a college or you know some type of award that you work towards where you earn X amount of points and then some guy signs off on it and says, congratulations, you did it. Usually the benchmarks in your art career are people who were prepared for the unexpected and took advantage of an opportunity that most other people missed because they just weren't ready for it. So figure out that, figure out, figure out what you want to do with your life and what you want to do with your art and, and how you want it to um, elevate you as a person and elevate your career and the business aspect and start drawing a little bit of a map and use that mentality on every level. The overview of your like photography career to just going out and doing some shoots, whether it's an outdoor shot or, you know, a little more control in the studio shot, you know, um, be prepared. Don't just, don't just go, Oh, I've got this. I've been doing this for a long time. You know, think about it for a minute, you know, think about what you want to get out of this and, you know, keep a little notebook. Now think of it as I know most people that are already pros do something like this. So the people that are like wondering how these, how their idols are just so magical, I'm going to tell you a secret. They are stressing just as much as you do. They just don't show it as much. <laughs> they just they just they just look more relaxed. That's the only thing they've gotten better at is looking more relaxed. They're still just as stressed out as you. So anyway, I apologize for being a day late and a dollar short. I'm gonna throw this bad boy up. And uh you can find the Bastards of Art at their webpage, www.bastardsart.com. You can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and then there was like an FM play or I don't know. I saw like Google searched us the other day. We, we popped up somewhere else. Also, I have a blog. It's uh, matthodeltattoo.com. You can go to my blog and you can look at some of my zany ideas that I have about how the industry works. Um, uh, that's about it, damn it. Uh, hope everyone had a good week. Um, I'm going to be camping as much as possible until uh it snows and then i might i might give up i'm not sure uh i doubt it though all right everyone have a good week bye